I thought you were going to say I'm not great at amusement. I'm not great at amusement parks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably not great at amusement either. Welcome to the Postlight Podcast. I'm Gina Trapani. I am the CEO of Postlight, and Chris is back from vacation. <laughs> I'm joined by the president of Postlight, Chris Lasacco. Hey, Chris. Hey, Gina. I'm back. Welcome back. I kept the, the business running while you were on vacation. Yes, you did. Thank I you. Did. <laughs> yeah. I hope everyone has internalized our vacation episode because I did not check anything. We're very serious about vacation. I took it as a personal, my job to protect you as much as I possibly could. I can't always. And same thing when I go on vacation. You do the same for me. And sometimes... This is one of the benefits of working as a partnership. I didn't open up Slack on my phone. I didn't really look at email even. Like it was it was bliss. Good and thank you. you. There's an autoresponder. Do not disturb. It's a wonderful thing. We have an agreement. I'll send you a text message if I need you. That's happened. Same with me. Sometimes you do have to. But there's like you have to define like the escalation method of communication. <laughs> because if there's no escalation me- method, then you have to check. The beauty of saying we're going to text each other is that I don't have to check. Because I know that if there is something that really does need my attention, you're going to reach out to me. Exactly. Exactly. I am very happy that you're back. I'm also very much looking forward to my vacation. But I want to hear about your vacation. Because you didn't really take a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) As we've established. Well, yeah. It was a family trip to Disney. Yes. Which is hard work. This is the thing. It was wonderful. We had a great time. I love spending time with my family. It was really great in so many ways. But going to Disney World is a part-time slash full-time job. <laughs> like it- Absolutely. For people who haven't, like, so I didn't grow up going to Disney World or Disneyland. So Disney World's in Florida, Disneyland's in California. But just for, for anyone who hasn't done it, let's just like set like, what is Disney? Like the Disney experience. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to I am not like a Disney person, capital D and P, so I I will do my best to describe this environment because it is it is not just like one thing, it is an ecosystem that has carved out a large swath of land in Orlando, Florida. So Disney World is a a collection of amusement parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, It is also a set of resorts, and there's not just like one or two resorts. There's probably a dozen, and they are scattered throughout the property. Some are closer to the park. Some are a little further away. There's different like tiers of resorts. They're connected by different modes of transportation. So there's a lot of places you can stay on the property. There are also, my understanding is there are places you can stay like off the property that are not technically part of Disney's resorts, but are sort of tangentially connected. And then there are like other Disney sanctioned areas of things that are like recreation and entertainment. So for example, they have an area called Disney Springs, which is like kind of like a really big outdoor mall where you can go and shop and, you know, there are restaurants and there's a bowling alley and there's a movie theater and it's this, but it's Disney. Like there's, it's part of the Disney transportation network and you can get there. There's something called Disney boardwalk. It's a world. It is, it's It's called Disney world because it is a world unto itself. Yes. The Disney experience, it, it struck me. The marketing is right. The tagline, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong on this. It's the happiest place 
on earth, yes. right? So the message is like, if you bring your children here, like the marketing is just photos of young kids with these looks of absolute pure joy and ecstasy and joy <laughs> on their faces, right? Yes. But the marketing is for parents. Like if you bring your children here, it will be the happiest experience. Like this is the happiest place on earth. It's really struck me when I went because I'm not great at amusement park. Like I just standing in line and the heat, it strikes me as the opposite is the happiest place on earth. So I... <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's so interesting but disney does a lot to make this like a place for parents to be able to go and navigate and get their yes. kids like to to go on the rides and the food and the whole experience and i you know the star wars part is really interesting anyway so i just want to say the happiest place on earth is big and a lot and requires a lot of energy and forethought and coordination to really have the full experience yes I mean, I'm, I'll share my opinion. I think Disney mostly succeeds at that. Mm -hmm. It is almost unfathomable the amount of work that has gone into, I mean, the, the park is like, I think, celebrating its 50th anniversary or something close to it. So it's been around for decades, but not just the amount of work to like build and maintain the physical infrastructure, but the people. And when I say the people, it's like everybody you interact with is committed to this mission of making it magical. And it's kind of unbelievable how well they succeed in that to the point where, you know, we were walking between buildings in our hotel and you would have construction workers who were driving on construction vehicles, doing work on the property, like waving hello and Aww. saying, hope you have a great day. Right. And it's like, it is impressive how thorough they make the experience and, so, and it borders on a little too much when you, you know, when you go into a shop and you're like, I need to buy toothpaste and they're like, Hey, you hey, know, yeah, you're having an amazing day. For New Yorkers, especially it's very unnerving. Right. Like everyone's so happy and nice. You're like, okay, it's a little much. What's the ulterior motive? It's a, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to handle. Yes. You got to know it going in and you've got to embrace it. And it's like pristine. It's so well-maintained. Everything yes. is so clean. And there's so many human beings in one physical space and you're like, Oh my God, this is going to be a disaster, but it's not it's like they, not. it is intimidating to be in all these crowds but like it's not you know dirty and there aren't people like misbehaving so to speak it's also extremely accessible which is really really amazing what they've done where they you know if you are in a scooter or in a wheelchair or you have a walker like there are ways to enjoy the park that is not off to the side they've just done such a thoughtful job designing the place and the experiences. I mean, everything, the rides, all of it. And you can enjoy it no matter what your abilities. And it's it's tremendous. And so there's so much good about Disney. And again, I'm coming away from the trip thinking like, wow, that was a lot. But also like, it was really great. We had some really great experiences. But this is a software podcast. And a lot of the experience of Disney is now funneled through their app, their mobile app called My Disney Experience. How did that go for you? <laughs> because it's a lot. I mean, the, the whole thing is a lot and you have a limited amount of time. You have a ticket for a certain amount of number of days, right? And you've got a group of people and they all have different things they're interested in, right? And so like you kind of need a tool to navigate and to reserve and coordinate, right? And so I want to hear about what you thought about the, what's it called? The Disney Experience My app? Disney My Experience. My Disney Experience app. Mm -hmm. It's not great. It <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you know. But Chris Lasaka says, this is not great. There's some product criticism that's yeah. going to critique that's going to happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tell me about it. And I, you know, I can't help myself. Like, I feel like every interface I use, I'm critiquing in some way. <laughs> yeah. This is what we do. Right. It wasn't just me on this trip, though. Like, it was, you know, I was talking to my dad. I was talking to my brother-in-law. I was talking to my wife. Like, we were all, it was just, the app has to try to do a lot of things. So I recognize that. It yeah. is not just like a single purpose, you know, get on this app to book your spot in line. Like, it's not just that. It's everything. So I get that. It's a tricky constraint to work within. But there are so many things and they are not properly categorized. And so it is just like, this is my first bit of criticism. It is hard to get around in this app. It is hard to navigate and know like, you know, where do I have to go in here to find what I want to find? Like, for example, the way that Disney World works is that you you book when you're going to one of the amusement parks, you book a ticket to the park. Mm -hmm. And so your day kind of orients around being in that park. If you're going to get meals or you're going to go on rides or what, like, it's like kind of that, but you can jump parks. They call it park hopping. But for the most part, it's like you go to Magic Kingdom and your day is going to be in Magic Kingdom. So you would think when I'm experiencing my day, like that should be front and center because I'm in the park. And so I'm going to be doing that, but it's not like there was a small, tiny link that on the home screen, that's like my day. And then you have to click that to jump over to the quote unquote main interface where it's suggesting all these things for you. And I was like, but why? So when you fire up the app, the app has your ticket information, which means that it knows what day it is. It knows your location. So it knows yes. that you are at the park. So it, it's not like it doesn't know that you're at the Potomac Park that you're at that day. Right. So it can bring you to where you are right. <laughs> on its own. Yeah. Right. It requires you to jump through a lot of hoops to like get to the right place. Right. If things are also named oddly or like not intuitively. And some of it is branding, right? Like they have this service where they suggest what you should do. It's called Genie. It has a little icon. That's the Genie from Aladdin. And so it's like, okay, I wouldn't necessarily think of that as Genie, but okay, I can get on board with that. But then there's also a thing called the tip board, which is where Genie is putting recommendations for you to do on the tip board. And that's also where you look at booking what they call lightning lanes, which are like the, you know, skip the line thing on the rides. It never made sense to me (laughs) that the tip board (laughs) is where I had to go. And it tripped me up every single time where I'm like, where do I have to go? Oh, right. The tip board, which is just not intuitive. So there were a lot of choices like that where it's like, how do I get around? How do I navigate within the app? Like, how do I know that I'm looking at the right thing? There was also another thing, a small detail that tripped me up is the middle icon on the tab bar is a plus button, which I associate with posting something. I'm going to, I'm going to initiate a new thing plans. Yeah. But if you click that plus, it actually gives you a sub menu of a bunch of like actions you can take, (laughs) like (laughs) go to the tip board or order food. I forget some of the other ones, but it was like, I I never clicked that button because I never like mentally, I was never like, Oh, I'm going to add something. You know what I mean? I would expect like a hamburger menu to show me some menu. Interesting. Interesting. You can do a lot, right? You can like order food and have it delivered or, or, or pre-order food and like have it be there when you're... Yes. And that's actually pretty cool. Like the fact that you can do that in the app because the alternative is you're waiting in lines. And so there was actually one of the days when we were in Magic Kingdom, well, there was a very long line to like get, you know, fries or something at one of the places. 
but there was no line for mobile ordering. And so I opened up the app, I ordered food and it was ready in like four minutes and I didn't have to wait in line. I just walked up and got the thing and walked away. And it was like, oh, that was pretty nice. Yeah. But good interfaces have an intuitiveness and obviousness to like how you do things, how you get around. And even though, I mean, I was only using this app for a week, but every day of the week, I just bounced off of the structure and the navigation of the app. It was, things were not obvious to me, like where I should go to do something. It was consistently frustrating. When I went last year, you know, I had a nine-year-old and like a 76-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like we, I was like all different ages with like very specific preferences about types of rides. And and the genie suggestions were actually pretty good. Like the app actually knows a lot about you, right? Like it knows ages, it oh, knows yeah. location, knows the park. They were pretty good. But I do remember being like, I don't want this suggestion again. Like, I, or we did this already. Dismiss. Like there were times I was like, don't dismiss, don't, don't show this to me again. We already did that. I mean, the app could know, okay, like you, you've already done that ride. There's, it feels like there were opportunities for it to go, to go further. But I have to say in, you have, you become a very intense user because you're there, right? <laughs> in the moment. Yeah. You're running your whole day off of this, this interface. Right. So you have to learn it very quickly. And honestly, the, the better I, the more I figured out the app, I found like the better my experience was, right? Because you can plan ahead and then you, you're doing right. fewer lines and the food is where you want to go. And, and you can say like, oh, I have my nine-year-old who doesn't love the super scary big rides will actually, you know, love that's a small world. We'll probably like these other rides too yeah, that don't I didn't suggest know about. Tower of Terror. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I wonder how much of this is like missing features and how much of it is like implementation issues mm-hmm. because it did seem glitchy to me. We went to Epcot and then I would go back to the hotel and it would say, welcome to Epcot at the top of the screen. And I'm like, is oh, that a, is that a product problem or did someone just implement that wrong? And it, and it was like an issue with, you know, the state and the app. Same thing with this Genie service that makes suggestions. You can upgrade it to Genie Plus, Mm -hmm. which lets you book the lightning lane, you know, skip the line thing. And the way that it works is when you buy Genie Plus, you can buy it for any subset of your party. So you can buy it for everyone. You can buy it for just a few people. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. The way that my family did it is we sort of split up, you know, one day I would buy it. One day my brother-in-law would buy it and we would just we would make sure that everyone was covered or the people who needed to be covered were covered. But there were many times where if I wasn't the one who bought it, I would still get prompted like, Uh, Hey, do you want to buy genie plus? Even though I had it. It's like marketing, like upsell marketing mechanism gone. Exactly. Yes. Some like data point was not connected to say, Oh, you're already opted in. You don't need to show this anymore. And when that happens, you just feel like, are you with me here? <laughs> like, are you, like, it's annoying, right? You it's have to annoying. Just and be like, I already did this. Like, yes. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a big set of parks and experiences. How much of your time did you spend standing in the middle of Main Street in Disney World getting run over by a parade with your face <laughs> in your phone trying to figure out what the next, like, like I'm interested in the, because I think the tool, the app to navigate this experience is a good thing. Like, I think it's a yeah. good and right thing because it's just 100%. so overwhelming, especially when you got so many people. But at the same time, like, it's work, right? Like, you were, you had your face in your phone a lot, right? A lot. Trying to work out your next three to four hours. Right. Right. You try to minimize it. Like, you try, because you have to be in the moment and be experiencing things, you know? Right. Right, right. And it is kind of wild when you're walking down the street. It's like, oh, there's a parade behind me. Like, <laughs> right, like, right, right. There's like a full-blown musical happening. Yes. Like dancing, singing, <laughs> trumpets. Right. Yeah, exactly. Goofy's waving at me. Like, let me step to the side so I can watch <laughs> Right, exactly. This. Let me just make sure that I book my next lightning lane. Like, it is, it is my food ready. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I will say the app could do a better job of 
just getting you around so that you yes. don't have to have it in front of your face all the time. And it does some of this, but like ideally it would be like getting directions. You know, if I have to go up to the Upper East Side, like I can plug in in Google Maps or Transit or Apple Maps, like here's where I'm going and it will give me the directions. And then I can kind of put my phone away and only check it when I need to, you know, get off the subway or something. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Even though I feel like Disney had, like, it will show you very precise locations, even yes. within the parks, like where yes. you are and where another ride is. And it is great that the maps, for the most part, like, load really quickly if you're just looking at the map and you want to browse it. And there's wait times for all the rides. Like, that's really helpful. So it's it's good. But it seems like an obvious next step should be, like, let me easily get directions, right, within a park Or if you know that I have dining reservations, like prompt me to just get there. Right. Ahead of time. Start walking or hop on the tram. I don't know if if Florida has like the the tram or the air train. Between the parks and the resorts, there are a lot of different transportation options, right? There's there's a monorail that connects some of the hotels and some of the parks. There are actually a few monorails, like a few tracks. So sometimes you have to connect to another monorail. Uh, we did make a mistake one night where we got on an express monorail that took us to the wrong spot. Um, so that uh-huh. was not ideal. It's like getting on the express, you know, the four when you meant to get on the six. Yeah, and you just watch your stop blow by and you're like, no. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, facing the window. But then there's also like the bus network is really good. Like there are a lot of buses to get to a lot of different places, but it is also not obvious where they are and how to get to them. And they do a like a pretty good job of physical signage, but they could very easily represent that in the app to like get you to more places as a complement to the f- physical signage, but it's just not there. They also don't do real-time tracking, which is not like, you know, strictly necessary, but it would be kind of nice if you knew where your bus was and you could watch it. Yeah. Come Two stops to the, away. Right. I mean, we're used to this like in New York City, right? Like that's, yeah. Right. Like, or, you're, you know, the monorail runs pretty frequently, but sometimes it's good to know there's a, you know, there's another one coming in three minutes so I can skip this one. Right. And maybe we're spoiled because that's how we treat the subway. But like, it would be really nice to have real time tracking and just easier directions. You know, I'm at Magic Kingdom and I want to stop in my hotel and then we're going to go to Disney Springs. Like, Lay right. out that itinerary for me. Yeah, this was, this was my experience. The transit thing was an experience. Like when we went, we spent a couple of days and we were at a Disney hotel. And the first day, it felt like we walked miles just to get to the gate and get through the gate and the whole thing. And on the second day, somebody was like, Psst, the monorail's right there. It'll like take you wherever you want to go. And I was See? like, what? I walked up. There was like no one there. Got on it, like zipped me right to like a part of the park that I hadn't gotten to. And I was like, oh, why? Like, you know, <laughs> I wish that the app had been like, hey, right. hop on the monorail. Like it's so much easier. They check your thing and, and you avoid the line. So it feels like that's a, that's an area of improvement. I mean, there's surely an entire product and engineering team dedicated to this app, right? I think, you know, it's so useful, I think, for any product to just go with some, like somebody who has just never been in the park or hasn't been in the park for for 10 years, which right. is my experience. Same. And just walk with them <laughs> and yeah. see and, and see like what the experience is like from brand new eyes. It's very difficult to do this when you're in it. Right. And when marketing is coming to you and saying, like, listen, we need to we need to increase our Genie Plus sales, like make sure that that prompt shows up. Right. Bingo. And like you put that on. Right. And it's like, just make sure <laughs> that someone who has purchased this. Right. It's so hard to go back and just be like, let's put ourselves truly in the in the shoes of a new user who has just downloaded this thing from the app store, has just laid down a lot of cash to have this experience with their children. It's the happiest place on earth, right? Like your, you know, your quality of parenting's on the line here. You know, like, 
yeah. and deal with, you know, the, the one hand and the kids and the cotton candy and the parents and the whole thing and the app in your hand and see, see how well it does. I mean, overall though, it's a pretty rich, I remember thinking, wow, this app does a lot. Like no, I didn't no. expect that it did a lot. It like unlocked our door at the hotel. Like it did yes. all kinds of, I was like, this is a lot of functionality, which I appreciated. For the most part, it's good. Like it is absolutely a net positive. We used it all the time. Like it wasn't like, oh, you know, this is a piece of junk. We're never going to look at it. Not it was- using it wasn't really an option. Like in retrospect, I remember, like especially with the lightning lane, like book and reserving and food, like it just wasn't an option not to use. Like, it would have been a totally different day. Totally different way. day. I just want to go back to what you were saying before because it's such a good reminder, I think, for this use case especially. But for a lot of use cases out there, a lot of platforms that exist – you get so deep in the weeds that you forget about the new or new-ish user experience, right? How do you get in and get around when you are not looking at this app all day, every day, like the development team is? And building it in as a regular part of the process. And I'd be really curious to know if the team that's maintaining this app does this, where they do, you know, every month or every, even every couple of weeks, a subset of the team goes into the park with a new user, right? A fresh eyes user, and says, let us watch you use this. Let's have a day together and w- let's see where it works really smoothly and where it starts to break down um, and what is not obvious to you. Because I think you could catch some of these things. And you know, for an app that does so much, you have to be ruthless about how you prioritize what gets in front of people when. And uh, I think some of those things would surface if you put yourself in the shoes of the, of the new user. Yeah, I mean, it's just so easy when you're building a product or when you're working in a company or when you're part of a particular culture that like certain paradigms just become so normal to you, right? Like the tip yes. board, everybody understands what the tip board is and how important it is. And like, no, when you say the tip board in this product team, you sure everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, where do we put this thing? You should put it on the tip board for sure. Right. You know, because you've been looking at this, everyone's internalized this for so it. long. Everyone's internalized the tip board, what the tip board is and what's the, the purpose of it. And it just, that makes total sense. But to, but to a new user, it's like, wait, what? I, I could see recommendations, but also this other thing. Like, what? What is this? Why are right. we calling us? Are these tips? What does this mean? I just right. help me get exactly. the thing. For a fact, I know the app has a way to get directions, like within the park and between parks and between resorts, and like I know that the app can do that. But I almost never used it <laughs> because it was never clear like where to get there and i know that if i talk to somebody on the team they'd be like oh you just do you know step a step b step c and then you've got directions like we we support directions what are you talking about but in reality what i would do is i would jump over to apple maps and be like i need to get directions to disney springs like what are my options and then i would go look in the physical space for a sign so you're totally right you things become so obvious to you because you're working with them every single day so you're like oh then yeah, we should, here's where to do this. Here's where to do that. Like we already support all these things. Check the box in Jira. Like we're good to go. And you forget to step back and say, I have to come at this with fresh eyes because not everybody has, not everybody knows what the tip board means. Not everybody knows what Genie versus Genie plus is, et cetera, et cetera. I think, you know, really mature apps that, that have so many features and do as much as this app does has there's like inherent problem of how do we organize this? That's like right. Where do we put everything, right? Like like certain things are just not going to apply. I mean, certain things are universal, I think, to every visitor, like getting like getting directions or like, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not everybody is, you know, booking the lightning, the lightning lane or like buying the lightning pass or whatever it's called. Like there are just so many permutations of things, you know, services and parks and situations that people could sign up for that I think it's hard, you know, to predict every situation. We see this happen a lot, right? Where you have platforms or, or products that are, 
have so many features that everything is sort of buried a little bit because, you know, <laughs> not everything can be front and center exactly. all the time, right? But the app does kind of have to, like what you were saying about the park, right? Like have, it has to surface that automatically. You are here. I can That's see right. that you are in this context. So I'm going to I'm gonna come to you versus making the user go to it. The interface has to adapt. It has to be an adaptive interface because there is no navigation that will get everything right. You know, there are just too many things. Right. And the app, like I said, knows so much about you, who you are, where you are, what you booked, your ages, you know, what services you've already signed up for. And it should be able to adapt for those things. Yes. I'm a little worried that someone from the Disney team is going to is going to listen to this show. If, if they are, no, I'm excited. get in touch. I would love to uh, talk to let's them. Let's talk to them. I would love to hear. I, yeah, let's I, I want to hear. I want to hear more because I think that there is a whole like sea of challenges <laughs> in this product that we are not perceiving at all as like, you know occasional visitors. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know this for a fact, but I think this app is like white labeled for all of the Disney properties around the world. So that's another layer of complexity where it's like, oh, this also has to work at Disneyland Paris. And it's like, wow, it is a very tough product and platform challenge. If you're listening and you work for the Disney experience team, or you know somebody who does. We would love to talk to you about this. Please hit us up. Well, I'm glad you're back. I loved that you were taking notes on this this app experience while you were on your family trip because you weren't really really on vacation or really away from work. You were right. thinking about work. That is a switch that is flipped in my brain that I cannot unflip. And I know it's for you too. It's like, absolutely, we're just, we're software people. We are. And our whole lives are sort of mediated by some sort of digital experience. Like it's, it's you know, you, you definitely going to have opinions about it. That's right. Even though it may sound like we are griping, we're not. We actually like these challenges. We like talking about interface design when you're trying to have an app that does a million things. That's fun. Um, Absolutely. We love, and our whole team really loves the challenge of thinking about how do we make this as easy and intuitive and clear for users as possible, even if the complexity is off the charts. So uh, if you've got a challenge like that, Disney or not, please reach out. Hello at postlight.com is the way to reach us. We love digging into these things and and hearing about it and coming up with better solutions. If the Disney team is listening, like good work. Also, we want to talk about (laughs) it. Great job. (laughs) Great job. For real. (laughs) We're We're skimming the surface, but there's so much good in your app. It's true. It's true. Welcome back, Chris. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Glad to talk about this. And uh, yeah, get in touch, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hello at postlight.com. Bye. Bye.